As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, special big interview edition. We got a good one today. Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle and we had him on the show last two years ago and it was my last trip before the pandemic we talked about some really interesting stuff how his time as the the interim head coach at Ohio State informed his decision to to not really pursue a head coaching job until the Cincinnati job came open Mark D'Antonio had to kind of talk him into it and a whole lot has gone down since then he's been he's been offered other jobs He's taken a team to a conference championship and a playoff berth. He's played in a New Year's Six Bowl before that. They they have had a really great run the last couple of years at Cincinnati. And it feels like this is kind of a transitional moment for them because they're headed to the Big 12 eventually. They've got Luke Fickle re-signed through 2028. Uh, Desmond Ritter has moved on at quarterback after an incredible career there. They're, they're going to have a quarterback competition this spring and probably going to bleed into the summer. And can they keep this rolling? And, you know, if you go back to that interview with Luke Fickle two years ago, you could tell this was a guy who understood what he was building. And he spent most of his career at Ohio State where, as you've heard me say a million times, they don't really have downturns at Ohio State. They just stay good the entire time. And I think that is what Luke Fickle has been able to build at Cincinnati. And, and you think about what the, that first group of guys, the, the ones that he brought in and, and helped develop, what they did. you know, Because they were signing on either before they coached a game or after they'd gone four and eight. And this was the, the group that was really the, the core leaders of the team that made the playoff. That was the first non uh, he's going to ding me for saying this non power five school to make the playoff. They don't use that word in the Cincinnati football complex, but it is something that is a major accomplishment. If you're, whether you care about the the arbitrary lines or not, it's a big deal that that program made the playoff. And what they did was pretty amazing. A lot of people would be interested in having Luke Fick as their head coach. He's a little bit different. He's not climbing for the, the the highest paying job or the, the biggest name job necessarily. He is a person who is pretty content doing what he does. And uh, it's very interesting 
to see now what he's got planned because there's a there's a lot changing. You know, they're going to be changing leagues. Uh, it'll be new competition. They're obviously used to UCF and, and Houston, but now they're going to be dealing with Oklahoma State and Iowa State and Kansas State and BYU. And what will the, the college football look like in the new era? We, we don't know what the new playoff will look like as of 2026. So we, we really don't know what the landscape of college football will look like when Cincinnati goes into the Big 12. But I have a feeling as long as Luke Fickle's at Cincinnati, we can be reasonably assured that the Bearcats are going to be good. Will they be nationally elite? We'll find out. But it sounds like he's trying to recruit them that way without kind of getting too far away from how they built this thing. It's going to be really interesting to watch because I do think he knows exactly what he's looking for in recruiting, has a very good eye for that, has been able to to assemble a staff that can help him in that regard. Now, can he keep that staff? We'll find out. But as I talked about with Luke, there's a lot more incentive now to keep that group together. So here is Luke Fickle, Cincinnati head coach, with a big interview. Good, good to see you again. Happy, healthy. You've been to a playoff now. <laughs> when does that well, hit you? I, no, I appreciate that, and, and uh, we won't. Uh, I'll make sure I don't see you again because that uh, maybe was a little bit of bad luck there for, for about a year and a half after you know we ran into each other. But uh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't just that, but uh, uh, maybe a no. Little. It's been wild. It, it, it was a great run. It was a great ride. We're still obviously feeling it with all of our guys, with all this, uh, you know, combine and and what's coming up here is, you know, is exciting. But uh, we gotta we gotta get moving on and and uh, get this spring ball going. Well, that's what you're, you're in spring practice now. You had eight guys at the combine. I think you had six guys at the senior bowl. Yep. At what you mentioned earlier that the senior bowl was where you kind of it did hit you, where you had a chance to reflect on it. You had a minute to to just think about it. Oh, wait, we did all this. Yeah. I, I'm curious because this group that that just did all this before we get on to, to the spring practice, these are the guys that either that you either inherited or they believed in you when you were four and eight. Yep. How much more special does it make what you did because it's that group? I, I think it really does. I think that <clears throat> just in, you know, how we've kind of preached things and what we've tried to do about development and you know, the route of which we wanted to kind of build the program and and for it to kind of work like that, like your first group. I mean, I'd say for most of those part, with exception to Des and a couple of guys, it was our first kind of recruiting class. You know, Des was committed before we got here. Um, and thank goodness there was no portal because we probably would have went and looked for somebody else. But, um, you know, he's still we, we would consider him still our first recruiting class. Right. And uh, there was maybe a, a couple kids that we had inherited that were still on the team but just to be able to even see those guys over a five-year period and what they've grown to and what we've grown to um you know i think we've grown as as, to be better coaches i know i've grown to be a much better coach uh and and i think that you know like i always said it it was hard for me in the first couple years because when you don't know the kids it's a little bit harder to motivate them and push them um you know getting to know them better and not just recruiting but also just spending more time with them Uh, i think we've done a really good job at, at helping them continue to grow uh, so that they could be the best version of themselves and, and, and it's shown. Well, and, and you guys run a developmental program where you, you're going to take a guy in, you want him to be the best version of himself in, in three, four years. Does that have to change 
in the era of the transfer portal? Or can you be the kind of coach who runs a program where guys are like, no, I'm good. I want to stay. I, I think so. And we're going to keep trying. Um, you know, even before the transfer portal, we used kind of the grad transfers just in a select way. And uh, so we're going to kind of, we've kind of continued with the transfer portal. We only technically will use that in a select way that even we did in year one, two, and three um, with grad transfers. And uh, we want to be, you know, that developmental group. We want to bring in, you know, 20 to 23 high school kids a year and, and uh, do our best work with those guys. And, you know, I hope we don't change. I, I know that uh, our philosophy is not to change, um, but I think that, uh, you know, we got to continue to adapt and grow within, with our program as well. Well, you mentioned using the transfer portal strategically. Uh, you and Dabo Sweeney, I think, are the only two that have taken a guy back out who left you and then came back. Yeah. In your case, it's Ben Bryant, who was, uh, you know, he, he battled Dez for the starting job. He didn't get it. He, go, he goes to Eastern Michigan and, and spends a year as their starter. And now he's back to compete with Evan Prater at, at your practice. What is what is that like that, you know, when you, when the guy comes back to your program and, and he's gotten to be a starter and, and – does he, does he come back carrying himself differently? Does it look different? You know what? I, I don't know. I mean, we really thought – I mean, we kind of considered Ben a starter here, and um, it's kind of crazy. You know, going into Dez's year three, we, we went into camp and said, this is going to be a competition. And we weren't kidding. We just felt like Ben deserved that right. And, you know, we're – you know, we do – I don't know. that We were always were believers in Dez, but, like, you know, he was a good player, a sophomore, found ways to win. Um, but he was still growing. And uh, it was the best thing that happened to all of us because we recognize that Dez is even better when he's thrown in a competition. Um, and I think it made Ben better. And uh, so we've always kind of considered Ben as ours. He's one of us. And, you know, even when he left and was at Easter, our guys, if they'd be playing on a Friday night or they'd be playing on a Tuesday night, we'd be coming in from practice and they'd be like, hey, put that thing on, put on Eastern because, you know, Ben was one of ours. And uh, so those guys always had great respect for him. Um, you know, always watched him, always stayed with him. So as he comes back, I don't think, you know, he's missed a beat. I think that uh, he understands what our philosophy of healthy competition looks like. He's seen it. And, uh, you know, I think he, he kind of warrants it and, and wants that. Well, and that competition, how does that work in, in your world? When you're trying to, to pick a new starting quarterback, a leader of your offense, a guy the whole team's got to rally around, what criteria are you looking for and, and how do you make that decision? Well, it'll, it'll be over a long period of time, and we want to give the guys <clears throat> obviously equal and oppor opportunities, and there's nobody that's going to name anything early. They're both really good players. They both have got to have uh, some different opportunities, and, um, you know, so there's not any one thing like, oh, these are the five parameters that we're going to do. This is the timeline of that in which we're going to do it. You know, we're, we're going to let it kind of play out, and where it was very fortunate for us and, and really kind of helped develop and, and create the culture four years ago when it was a quarterback battle, even before when it was a quarterback battle with, with Desmond Ritter and, and Hayden Moore, Hayden was a two year starter starter. And uh, we had kind of talked about it. I said, how you guys handle this healthy competition will be an incredible example to our entire team, in our locker room. And uh, those guys did a phenomenal job. They competed. They actually went into game one, going to play both of them. And we said, we'll, we'll play. We'll, we'll, this is the route we're going to go. And we'll play it from there. And uh, kind of it's history now that once Dez went in there in the third series against UCLA, he never came back out until he got hurt at the end of the year in the bowl game. And to Hayden Moore's credit, they had a great relationship and competition. And 
he stepped in and won a bowl game for us. So that example holds in a lot of our minds and uh, we expect the same thing from these guys and it'll be a great example to our program. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. How much does it help to have two guys that are, are familiar with the culture of your program in that competition? It's not... This isn't a case where you you brought somebody in who was somewhere else, or you're you're throwing a true freshman into it. These are guys who, you know, you sold on the this this dream. They've seen it happen, and now they have a chance to to take it. Well, for us, we, we believe it's really important at that position in particular to not want to go that route of bringing somebody in just because they don't understand. You know, they don't um, you know know what the culture's been like. They haven't you know been built up and brought up in that locker room. I'm not saying you can't and won't and, you know, wouldn't create some competition someday if you have to do that. But I just think that, you know, what it shows for the guys in the program that, you know, they believe in, you know, the guys that they have and, and guys that work at it. And um, so I, I think it's, it's not just a quarterback competition and, and bringing those guys back and, and having that. I think it kind of sets the parameters for a lot of things, things for our entire program and even in the recruiting side of things. So when you played George in the Peach Bowl, you didn't watch that, that, that game back again for a long time. You watched the Cotton Bowl against Alabama right away and, and multiple mm-hmm. times. What, what did you see in that? What did you get out of that, that experience, you know, seeing your team play against Alabama? And I mean, I, I'm curious, right before the half, how much were you kind of like, just, just watch it, rewatching that second quarter? Because for those who didn't watch that game, you guys were you were right there. Yeah, well, actually, actually, it's the first two series that I, I as much as anything that I put on myself. Um, I just don't know that I talked enough and had them ready for the environment, and, and I just don't think the offense went down and, and did a good job in the first in the first set. But I just think, even mostly defensively, we just you know we just weren't ourselves. You know, we, mm-hmm. we were we weren't real sharp. And I think as we settled in after that second series, you know, call it what it is, whether, you know, there was a little bit of shell shock, whether there was a little bit of, you know, whatever. I mean, our guys aren't ones that have any doubt. They, they really are we're a confident crew. Um, but just in general, the first two series defensive, we did not play, you know, kind of the way that we have played. And I just, you know, not just making plays, just, you know, not as clean. And uh, so I've kind of, I look back at those two, more so to say, shoot, that's on me. Then you get into that third quarter where you, you finally create some of those opportunities and you just couldn't take advantage of them. And um, so 
yes, I, I watched it mainly because I was more worried about, you know, this one and the Alabama one that I, in my head, there was something did did we get out physical? Did we get, you know, manhandled in some ways that, that uh, I was more worried about? Well, I, I'm curious is it, it when you, when you rewatch it and, and you have a more clinical eye on it, does it, kind of reinforce your recruiting philosophies, your personnel, your, your roster, because you didn't get blown off the field. That was, that was a case where, where you had a bunch of guys that you know, could compete. You said the, the first two series, if that, if one of those goes differently, we're, we're talking about a pretty different game. I, I, I'm curious, you know, do you look at, at that game and, and you played Georgia the year before and Georgia goes on to win the national championship this year does it inform how you try to build your roster going forward? I think that's what gives us the chance to say, okay, we're always looking for things to reassure us to what we're doing, right? I mean, we see better than we hear. We're, we're the same way. So to see how some of those guys develop, to see what you know you need to play with the very best um, gives us that confidence, You know, not just our kids, but also confidence in, in how we're moving the program forward. And to know that you can do it this route, you can – take those two and three star guys and, and work and work and work. And I'm not saying you don't now, maybe we got an opportunity to go with more three and some four. I mean, yeah. but the right ones, the ones that, you know, are going to fit within your you know culture of what you want to do, your environment that are going to grow um, and are going to be completely different two, three years after you get them. Uh, that philosophy for us, you know, at least it gave us that, that opportunity to say, okay, we can stick with this. We got to, we got to grow and we got to adapt. Um, but I do believe for us, we're on the right uh, we're on the right track for what we want to do to to take the next step. Well, and that's the thing you you guys have been in on those guys that you've never shied away from recruiting any of those types of players. Do you feel like you're in the mix longer, having more of them say, "You know what? I am going to take a visit now." Well, we have been. We've done a good job. I think that that's where we're going to now in the last last year and then moving forward. Um, we're going to have more opportunities. Now we got to stick to our guns about who we are and what we really are looking for, but then we've got to find ways to, you know, kind of seal the deal on some of those. And, and I mean that more so within the kids within our 300 mile radius. I think right. that that's where, you know, 81% of our team is from. And if we can really take the next step in that area, I think we have a chance to, you know, make our program even different than it, than it has been. And, uh, you know, that'll open up some of those other 20% in the recruiting. But when you go outside of that for us, we, we, we're making sure we're finding the right ones. I know a lot of your day-to-day -day is focused on getting this team ready for 2022. But when you are recruiting, when you are talking to, to prospective players, they're probably going to be playing in a different league for most of their careers. How much do you talk about that? Do you do you think about what that will look like and, and what Cincinnati will look like as a as a Big 12 program? Well, we do. I mean, we, we've always you always got to be thinking two years ahead, especially in recruiting. And so that's where you don't want to, you know, change your philosophies. But I think it gives you an opportunity because let's be honest, the, the, the one kind of term that has kind of been the, the sticking point in a lot of the recruiting is that P and that five, which we don't say within our program, you know, that, right. that whole stigma, you know, for the last few years has been one of those ones that, you know, we don't talk about, we won't use an excuse, but has been, you know, what's kind of 
you know, in some ways haunted you. And I'm not saying that that's why you didn't get guys, but it was a great excuse for some to make the decisions that they that they make. So for us to to use, you know, where we're headed and what the Big 12 brings to us, uh, I think just gives us another, you know, kind of stepping stone to, you know, making sure that, you know, there's not as an excuse on both sides for the players, for the kids, yeah. for the families, and for us to not say, hey, we got to win these battles and we got to land these kids. So you, you've signed a new deal. I, I thought the most interesting part of the new deal you agreed to has nothing to do with you. It's the assistant coaching salary pool, which uh, for those who don't know, $5.2 million a, a year, which I did a study on on ACC schools last year. That would That would have put you number two in the ACC last year, which I mean – that's a situation where I, I know it's frustrating for you when you have good assistance, when you know people come and say, you know, here, here's a ton of money, please take it. And, and now you've got to go find another great assistant and, and develop them. Does it make it easier? Do you think you'll be able to, to keep the staff a little more intact going forward? That's what we've got to do. And we've been very fortunate. And, uh, you know, just the last two years, they finally, with all the turnover that we've had, we've never really lost the core. You know, and, and over the last two years is the first time where we started to lose a little bit of the core. The guys, you know, the, you know, the Marcus Freemans, yeah. the, the, you know, the Mike Dembrocks, you know, the kind of those guys that, that came in to start with, you know, Doug Phillips, who went to YSU. I mean, those guys were, you know, what I would say is the core. And uh, we've done a really good job. That's what always worried me is when you start to lose those guys, you lose the core because now things can't. I'm not saying they're going to change because obviously – I'm not going to allow them to change, but there's things that that do are, are a little bit different because guys, you know, guys speak different, guys talk different, guys have some different ideas. Um, you know, and we got to do the, our job is to make sure we can grow the kids. And when there's consistency, it gives your, your kids an opportunity to grow uh, when there's inconsistency and they don't know, then, then it is a little bit more difficult for them. So this is going to give us that chance to say, okay, now we've had turnover, which has helped us get better too. Yeah, but we've got to find ways to not lose the core, the the Gino Gadulli, so that the offense doesn't change. You know, the the Brady Collins, our strength guy, that so that the really the environment of our entire program, which is created down there, can't change. And this gives us an opportunity to keep those guys. So you, you mentioned Marcus Freeman before; he's now now the head coach at Notre Dame. This is a popular kind of segment we get into on our podcast quite a bit. Is is head coach Royal Rumble now? You were undefeated for your last three years in high school wrestling. You are a, a probably a number one seed in the head coach Royal Rumble. But I'm a, I'm going to go only ex Buckeye defender head coach Royal Rumble, and we'll, we'll expand to the NFL. So you and Vrabel, and then you've got your your new guy who, who's now a head coach who also well, is a Buckeye. We'll just we'll just be a tag team since we were college roommates for four or five years. The two of That's us will just fair. be a tag team, and we will take on all comers. So um, I'll just uh, I'll leave it at that. You know, he's he is a little younger. He's 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 a little bit younger, but he was a basketball guy, and so that <laughs> kind of knocks him down a couple notches. And then fourteen years in the NFL playing, he's taken a little bit more wear and tear on his body. So I'll still take him as my partner. Um, so, you know, he might be a little bit deficient. Right, but Vrabel's cerebral ways. now. He's going to know when to when to call for the uh, the chair to go whack somebody on the head. And he, uh, he, he I don't know, know that he understands I've ever heard anybody, clock. 
I don't know that I've ever heard anybody call him Vrabel cerebral. Oh come um, on, he he outclocked Bill Belichick. Would, he he yeah, out. I would like he I wouldn't call him cerebral. But I would Bill call him smart. <laughs> <laughs> he's still gonna he's still gonna go. Uh, cerebral is not going to be the first thing he's going to go with when 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 coming down to the wire. But he is an incredibly intelligent um, football player and coach that uh, you know is not going to get out thought and in, in, in anything. Yep. So all right, I'm gonna give I'll give Marcus since you and Vrabel are gonna tag team, I'll give Marcus Freeman Mario Cristobal, and we yeah, will have the ultimate <laughs> tag team showdown. <laughs> they can have three if they like. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, the wrestling thing, I'm curious about this because uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, who plays for the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings now, was the Georgia version of, of Luke Fickle, where he was just undefeated throughout high school, could pin anybody. Uh, when he played at Alabama, he, he would pin all of his fellow linemen in like five seconds. What was that like in the Ohio State locker room? How many people challenged you early on and how long did that last? I don't really remember. Brable's probably about the only one, and it was usually a late night. So, you know, <laughs> there was never an end. Let's just say that because he was never going to give in. So um, it was uh, it was unique. But, you know, I jumped over and did a little bit of wrestling. So so I had my fair share of trying to roll around with the guys. I actually knew what they were doing. Uh, that was a little bit more difficult at times. Um, so, you know, once you get out of it, you, you kind of say you retire unless provoked. And the ones that <laughs> – no, they, they, they know it's probably best off. We can talk a little bit, but it's probably best off. We don't provoke. No, this is co- college wrestlers. I, I, I don't know that there's a more difficult training regimen than, than college wrestler or elite, you know, Olympic type wrestler. Do, do you, do you tell the football players this? Do you know how easy you have it compared to somebody on a wrestling team somewhere? I used to, I used to tell my kids that. So I don't use it as much anymore with our with our players. If we had an actual wrestling program, um, which I'll let's just throw it out there, right? You're going to go to the Big Twelve. Big Twelve is big wrestling. Do school. it. Oh there, yeah. There could be some push over here, you know. Oh, um, I, Iowa State's uh, ready for y'all. Get some. The, let's the, we, get some Bearcats singlets printed let's, now. Let's, let's let's give us a couple years. But uh, I'll tell you this: that we are going to the uh, NCAA wrestling tournament this year. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spend a day going to watch the. The, to me, the most competitive guys and the the best trained guys. That, that's uh, what you need. You you need like a you know like a hundred forty pound guy who rides legs to just 
pin one of your defensive tackles in in 40 seconds and then just go, guys, see how much work we have to do? Well, we've had some of these guys now. In the recruiting process, we've got a kid coming this year who should be the state champ, you know, could be the state champ in in Ohio this year. So he's always kind of, as a recruit, talking, you know, hey, I can't wait. I'm going to take a shot at you. And I said, well, until you win a state title, you don't get a shot at the real title. So – if he does win a state title, we'll, we'll tell him he's got a few guys to challenge first before he could get to the top of the ladder. Do, do you have a belt? Is there is, is there a belt no. hanging anywhere in your office? <laughs> no, there's, there's no belt. I think it's 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 more the mental side of things that uh, you know belts belts haven't been a big thing for us, but um, you know I think it's more that that mindset, the mental side of things that uh, we don't need the belt. Well, is our th- how do you handle your your ability to compartmentalize is pretty amazing to me because I I was joking with you before we came on I, I was gonna I said we were gonna get under that rock that you were talking about with Tom Rinaldi where when when people start talking about you for other jobs or people start talking about stuff that isn't your team right now that you're focused on you just want to go deeper under the rock what's it like under there is it dark <laughs> is it nice it, it is well you the rock here is pretty easy because you know once you're in your office but. The problem is when people, when you leave, right? Yeah. When you got six kids at home and you walk in that door and there is no time. The TV that can't come on, there's, there's a million things going on. It actually helps you to not worry about anything else that's going on because you rec- you realize how uncon- how much uncontrol you have of what's yeah. going on within your own house. So those things is, a, is are a blessing to allow me to, you know, keep my focus away from anything else because, you know, they are chaos in themselves. So that that is how the last two years, when your name came up for every job, all you have to do is walk in the house. Six. Walk I've got the- two. I can't even imagine six. <laughs> I, I don't. Like your wife. Two sets must of be, identical boys. So right, my house exactly. is pandemonium. <laughs> so. Yeah. How many coffee tables have been broken in your house? Well, there's been a bunch of holes in the wall. I tell you, we we built we built some a barn out back so that they could just go outside and beat the daylights out of each other and, and get out of mom's hair. But those kinds of things for me, help me to just not only stay grounded, but also to not even get into worrying about the other things that are going on. So it's a build in, it, it's a good fortune that, yeah, I, I'd say the wrestling background helps you to focus and lock in and try not to worry about the other things. And then the busyness of you know, what you do in the season, but also the busyness of, what's going on within my own home. It, it helps me to, uh, to not be distracted by some of those other, other things. So it never actually slows down. You, you'll have a, maybe a lull in, in, in recruiting a lull in the season, but it doesn't matter because you can always go home and, and find eight people piled on top of each other. What we're, what I'm finding out, it's actually, it's I'm more, I've got more time during the season. Right now, outside of the season, with all the things that are going, kids recruiting, and then those kinds, of, you're trying to do everything. Within a season, I don't do any. I mean, I, it, it's RC. I mean, I don't unfortunately get to see a whole lot of my own kids' stuff because you're so regimented. It, when you get outside the season, now you're trying to make up for the things, and I mean, it's 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 rough. It's tough, but you know, again, it keeps you busy, keeps you not worrying about a lot of other things. Well, that's right, and and now you've got security new deal you can pay pay the guys and and keep them new new league on the way quarterback derby you're gonna be a busy dude 
and no, then you go home to six kids. <laughs> you know what? That's that's what keeps you going. And and you know, for for the mentality that what you have is, you know, it's it's fun maybe to reflect for about thirty minutes when you're at the senior bowl or thirty minutes when you run over to the combine, but then it's motivating to know that, okay, now this is a greater challenge now. And, you know, I think those kinds of things, you know, are what keep you from, you know, worrying too much about the past, but always moving forward. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, sometimes it'd say, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to live a different way or to think a different way, but maybe I'd live a lot longer, but you know, there's only one way of doing it in my mind. Well, you heard it here first coaches, and when we get to our Royal Rumble segment, it is Fickle and Vrabel. They're gonna they're gonna call James Laurinaitis, see if his dad has some old spike shoulder pads. They're gonna be the the, the Buckeye Warriors or the Legion of Buckeye or whatever you want to call it. And you're gonna have to take them on the Legion of Bearcat because Fickle Fickle's just got to adopt yours now. Yeah, he's he's a Titan. It's it, it's not he's, the same. Yeah, thing. he's. But he's close enough. So the good thing is he's he's within striking distance. So if we need well, to, and and listen, those Road Warriors Legion of Doom colors, they they're perfect for the Bearcats. So yeah. You're already yes. there. So yeah, love it. All right, we 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 got it. Uh, it's it actually makes the segment less fun, Luke. Unfortunately, because you two would crush everyone. So congratulations, you've killed the segment. Thank you. I apologize. I know everybody wants it to be a little bit closer. That's that's what we're, that's what the NFL has made a, a living on, right? I'm they terrified of Mike Vrabel. There's no, there's no shot. I, I, I'm not putting any coach in the ring with Mike Vrabel. And the, and the problem is you're the more technically sound one. You're the one that's going to twist the person into a pretzel. He's just going to, he, he's going to be on the mic. So, so maybe I'll just be the coach and let him go ahead and do the dirty work. Oh, you could be the, yeah, you could be the Bobby, the brain Heenan. It's perfect. That's you probably just manage. Classy would, Freddie would be my personality that we'd probably end up fighting each other because we would be both want to be in there at the same time. So you know what? It'll just turn into a, just like it was in college. That's exactly what happens with the best tag teams. One of them always makes a heel turn. So <laughs> we know you're going to be a face. Vrabel will make the heel turn. This is brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'm going to call Vince McMahon right now. Luke, thank you so NWA. much. He'll be the other side. All right. Oh, that's there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, Luke, thank you so much. I know you, you, you wasted enough time with me. Six kids at home. Hopefully nothing's been destroyed while we were talking. I've always got time to, to talk, and especially when you, we can throw wrestling into the mix. So uh, I appreciate it, Andy. Thanks for having me. That's it for the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure. Listen to Stars Matter with Ari Wasserman and Mitch Light on Thursday. And then on Friday, Ari, Mr. Stars Matter himself, will join me for, well, we'll find out if we are we doing adulthood lessons. Uh, we, I don't think we have an intern with us this time, but that, that intern has reached out, and he would like to know uh, more cocktail information. He's, you know, he's a little bit younger, not legally allowed to drink yet, but he's in a formative period. And listen, you need to know how to mix a good Manhattan and a good old fashioned. These are, these are life skills that we're teaching on the Andy Staples show. So maybe, maybe some more life skills, which, you know, look, you've heard Ari, the man almost killed himself with a Q-tip. He needs all the life skills help. Me get. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>